ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, non-binaries of all ages, welcome to How to Make a Literal Cat in Your Favorite RPG, the podcast where we make cats in your favorite RPGs. I hope you weren't here to learn how to do regular character creation in your favorite RPG. We are not the people to help you with that. Again, we're making the cats. I am Joel Holland, one of your hosts. I am Austin Irwin, two of your hosts. Oh, okay then. (laughs) I don't know. So, I didn't know that there were three hosts, but apparently Austin counts as two people. This whole time. Me and the voices in my head. No, I'm kidding. Oh. I didn't I didn't know that either. But what's uh what's the story for the week? The story is actually Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Great classic story. Definitely deserved to win story of the week. Been waiting a long time for it, you know. Um it's just too bad the author isn't here to accept the accept the prize. Yeah, that's been a real real long time coming. Mhm. Mm-hmm. But you know, we we knew we would get there eventually, so. Yep. There's not an RPG for Goldilocks and the Three Bears. So instead, we're going to be dedicating this episode to a little RPG called Demigods by Jason Mills. And Demigods is, uh, as I understand it, a game where you play as demigods going on demigod-themed quests. You know, the, the stories that you hear about them going on in, like, your Greek myth or... Uh, what what's another mythology? Roman mythology, Norse mythology. Um, yeah, there we go. Egyptian those guys, mythology. They've all, yeah, yeah. Those guys all had their like their half mortal children or their anointed heroes or whatever, and they sent them out into the world to do stuff. Or even if they didn't make them on purpose, they would just send them out into the world and they would do stuff anyway. Because they could. Because they were half god. You know, when you're half god, you you can get away with a lot of stuff. Simply because you can do it. Yeah. I mean, what would you say if there was a guy in your town who could just do a thing that you didn't think should be possible? Like, I don't know. He can blow so hard that he spins the windmills or whatever. What do you say to a guy who can just do that? <laughs> You know, honestly, I'd be like, hey, where have you been all this time? That's free energy. Like, we could use that. <laughs> yeah, but that's that that gets into some, some dicey territory, because, like, he's got to have time off to, to rest his lungs. Otherwise, otherwise, that's just, like, unethical exploitation. True. I'd also be like, hey, man, are you looking for three pigs who built houses? Because if so, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Anyway, so if you're looking for a game that will let you play out your uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians fantasies uh, at the table, this this might be it. I was kind of under the impression that it was somewhat inspired by that when I was backing the Kickstarter, however long ago that was. I don't even remember anymore. Uh, it could have been two months ago. My memory's that bad, but it was it wasn't two months ago. They spent more time than that on this. Honestly, I think they did a good job. I've been looking through the book, which, for context, I received two days ago. Austin and I were planning on doing an entirely different game. Then I said, nah, I guarantee you I can find a guest for that eventually. Let's do this one instead, because it literally just popped into my inbox. Nice. You got got the notification. They're like, hey, Joel, it's it's time. (laughs) 
that's the deal. We're going to be looking at demigods. I forgot the name there for a second. <laughs> you know, it happens. There is something else we need to remember besides the name, though. And that is our the rules. rules. Yeah. Not the book's rules. We'll ignore those if we need to to make a cat. Yeah. Those don't, those aren't important. What is important is our rules. Mm-hmm. And our rules are... Sorry, are you handing that off to me? No. <laughs> I no, never do I, number uh, one. <laughs> I, I, I nearly choked oh. on, my, on the air I breathed in. I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. Uh, anyway, so, rule one. We accept no cop-outs. We're making a cat. In this case, it's going to be a cat who has one divine parent, so that'll be interesting to work out. But it's still going to be a cat. It is the exact animal that comes to mind when I say the word. Not some anthropomorphic race. No people turned into cats. No lions, tigers. Uh, no puss in boots situations. No other cop-outs you can imagine. Rule two is uh, homebrew is not real. Does not exist. Uh, if the rules do not explicitly allow something to happen, we count it as a rule broken. You know, we have rules as written versus rules as intended. We get into those sometimes, but we go with, you know, whichever one tells us, hey, stop that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rule number three, if the game includes stats for a literal cat, those must be used or adapted to the game's character sheets. I don't recall seeing any mention to cats as enemies or any template or sample player character cats, so I think we can ignore that one for this. Yeah, as with most games. Yeah, this is a very rare situation. Yeah. Rule number four, I'm, I'm sure you're wondering how does a cat have the powers of a demigod? And this rule lets you know that rule number four is the character class background playbook job whatever uh, has to exist in the game's core rules or as part of an official expansion. You cannot use homebrew classes. Exist. Also, I messed that up. It's, it's rule five. That well, yeah, but like, but it's kinda... important to know we have to use one of the uh, classes included in the book. And then rule number five: the cat has to be able to learn the skills available to that playbook. So, like, whatever your character's playbook is. We've had cats that worked for the mob. We've had cats that had a history of driving horse-drawn carriages. We've had cats that piloted mechs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. We had a cat that could pilot a mech at this point. There was a cat that had the ability to design uh, its own weaponry, and it made itself the cat gun in lore. A, cl a classic. Yes. <laughs> Peter the Kaiju Reader. The the one that keeps getting callbacks. <laughs> he's he's our pride and joy. Um, we gave him a gun. We did give him a gun. It's kind of hard to top that. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of guns, we do have rule six, which comes up quite frequently. And it is... If a tool would be physically impossible for a literal cat to use, even if comically downsized for them, they cannot use it. So this would be a gun or a sword, unless in the inc incredibly specific scenarios of them being created by their playbook or job. So other examples would include, like, a cat couldn't drive a normal car unless... Similar to a ship we had, it was heavily modified. A cat could not operate a crane lift, you know? Or perhaps 
paddle a boat down a river. It would be rather difficult for a cat to use those tools, even if comically downsized for them. Yes. <laughs> Unless, of course, again, they were modified specifically for cat use. But how do you modify a crane for cat use without completely making the crane useless? <laughs> That's a good question, and hopefully... Our next goal is not to make the cat crane. <laughs> I feel like that's a little underwhelming compared to the cat gun and the cat Tana. <laughs> yeah. We also have to keep track of every rule that we break, which honestly for this one, I think is not going to be that many, but we'll see. And you'll find, a <laughs> and you'll find out with us as we dive in. Yes, indeed. Uh, I do have to say though, like, this does, like, come with this, the explicit expectation that our characters are half-human, half-god. We're gonna have to ignore one half of that. We can't just, like, do Anubis and call it a day. <laughs> nah, besides, <laughs> that's, that's half-jackal, half half-human, half-god. Uh, that's true. three halves, you messed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, too too much going on there. Plus, there's, so, there's, there's cool gods, in my opinion. My, my humble opinion. I mean, yeah, there's there's a few. There's there, there's plenty of cooler gods. Anyway, <laughs> we should we should think about that in a minute. But for right now, I think step one of character creation is we gotta choose a playbook. Correct. And I do not have those pulled up to my uh, great shame. Let me do that real quick. Here we go. They're pulled up. I just had to double click one file on my desktop. Gotcha. So let's see. We have the arcane as our first option. Um, the artisan, the celestial, the elemental, the muse, the reaper, the trickster, the verdant, <laughs> and the warrior. All sound good, especially the trickster. Trickster is a very good option. Let's see. In most cultures, teach uh, tricksters are teachers and guides. Whether your parent was someone like coyote loki or i i don't know how to pronounce that aroi roi maybe arohi roi i'm i might be butchering that it would be unfortunate if true if that if your parent was someone like that you advise hint and conjole to bring others or to bring mortals to enlightenment tricksters are not always funny gods but you do see the world differently from most everybody else you will do almost whatever it takes to achieve your goals. This is lucky when your friends want the same things you do, and awkward when they don't. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, we got that. That's the trickster. Let's see. There was a couple others up here that sounded okay. Do you have one in mind? I like the idea of a, of a cat being a reaper. <laughs> they have nine lives, so they're very acquainted with death. This says, no one understands death and dying the way you do. A reaper is not a killer, though. Your job starts after the killing is done. You're a guide for those who are ready to pass beyond this world. You've been consumed with thoughts of the dead for as long as you can remember, either as morbid fascination or with a lust for life that fuels endless revelry. Uh, whether they fear you or not, death comes for everyone in the end. Hmm. Honestly... Sounds kind of like a Puss in Boots situation there. <laughs> I know. As soon as I started reading it, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I may have just rewatched The Last Wish. What are you going to do? Yeah, what, what can you do? So, The Reaper or The Trickster. Let's see. Is there anything about, like, either 
either one that looks good. I'm reading some of the moves they have. Let's see. I'm looking at the trickster moves. Here's the thing, and this is not a deal breaker. The trickster's moves all rely on the ability to talk. Yeah, that's what I was worried about. Not a deal breaker. We are part god. True. Like, if the class's skills require the cat to be able to talk, that's allowed. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's that's the only issue I can see coming up here. And like you said, half-god, I think we could make a pretty good argument that they would be able to talk. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't know. Looking at the Reaper moves, I'm kind of like, eh, about it. <laughs> okay, so do we want to have a talking trickster cat? Yeah, I think we can have a talking trickster cat. Sounds good. So here's uh, some of the moves that uh, are present in the trickster playbook. We'll get to character name, pronouns, divine parent, and pantheon here in a minute. We've got to fill out the attributes, gifts, and moves, I think. Yep. Oh, we have to fill those out first? Yep. What the uh, rulebook says is step one, each player picks a playbook. Step two, fill in each page, picking attributes, gifts, and moves. So first off, our attributes are listed for us here. Yeah. We have prowess, metal, awe, judgment, weird, and those are the moves. And they tell us our opening values for them. Okay. So prowess is supposed to be plus zero. Metal is plus zero. Awe is plus one. Judgment is minus one. Weird is plus two. And then we can add one, add a plus one to one stat. There's a little description of each thing, probably tied to the core moves of the game beneath each stat. So prowess is used with the smite your enemies move. Metal is for perform under pressure. Awe is for sway someone. Judgment is for read the weave. And weird is for bend fate. Gotcha. I feel so, like it has to be awe, right? You want to add uh, another plus one to awe? Well, true. It is already a plus one. So, no, that's the thing. We can add, we can boost it to a plus two to open the game and then just be really good at swaying people. We could kind of round out the character sheet by boosting one of the lower stats. I don't know. What do you have in mind? I honestly kind of want to take a look at what the uh, the moves are. Let me go. I just want to read a couple of these real quick. So let's see. Bend fate. Roll 2d6 plus weird when you wield the supernatural forces of fate. And just so y'all know, weird is spelled W-Y-R-D in this instance. Yeah, it's spelled weird. Yeah. They spelled Got weird em. weird. <laughs> uh, so bend fate is kind of like your... I guess your magic role of the game is kind of what it looks like. You uh, get to do something against fate. Mm-hmm. Bend fate is how you can affect reality when you don't have a move to do so on your playbook. The primary trigger for this move is tri- when you try to use one of your gifts in a new and different way beyond what seems obvious for it. Depending on the role, you'll pick one or two boons and take one or two banes. And it kind of gives you a-, a list here of like, you got your positive effects and then your negative effects. So for each of these moves, they have like uh, on a two, 10 plus, choose two boons and one bane. On a seven to nine, choose one boon, one bane. On a six minus, choose two banes. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. So then we got perform under pressure. Use perform under pressure when your character attempts something difficult, but not about dealing harm. Not dealing harm, investigating something, charming someone, or making something weird. So like any situation that you don't have a better move for, you roll perform under pressure. Gotcha. Honestly, I hate I hate moves like this in Powered by the Apocalypse games. I get their purpose, but I feel like everyone except City of Mist uses them wrong. Hmm. 
like uh, Monster of the Week has a, another move that's basically the exact same thing called Act Under Pressure. It's, yeah. That's just the name of the move. It's tied to the cool stack. Your goal is to remain cool under pressure. But the problem with it is, like, it's just kind of a cop-out move to, like, roll this when you don't have anything better to describe what your action is supposed to be. It becomes, like, the default sneaking move for most games of this nature. Because, like, and and that sucks, because a lot of these games would benefit from a real stealth move. Oh, yeah. Like, having actual subsets to these moves rather than leaving them so open-ended. Especially, like you said, Perform Under Pressure is so open-ended that you could literally use it for anything. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily a problem because, like, again, it's good that it's open-ended because it allows you to perform actions not described by the other by the other moves. Uh-huh. But it's also, like, there. there's probably a way to add moves that round out the the capacity of your character a little bit better. Like, City of Mist has a move called Sneak Around, and it's used to, to do anything involving subterfuge. Lying to someone could be a sneak around move. Literally sneaking around could be sneak around. It's still, it's still open-ended. It still allows for interpretation. But City of Mist's generic uh, move for this kind of thing is called Take a Risk. And it specifically describes risky behavior. Interesting. I like honestly, it's but no no hate to the people working on demigods. Like I I've been through this book. Y'all did a good job. Like that's that's one move that I just hate every time I see it pop up. I mean that's fair. It's one of those things that's just kind of like um, I'm trying to think. I don't know. It, it, it's hard to describe other than what it is. It's very. It could be worded better. Yeah. In some instances. Um, oh, here's the move that I wanted to read more about. Pierce the Veil. Use Pierce the Veil when answers are not immediately obvious. Players can always ask questions about things they might observe or notice in a scene, but when things seem weird, this move lets you look beyond the mundane to discern the supernatural. Okay. Ooh. That was what I wanted clarity on. This is specifically for supernatural investigation, so, like, not necessarily regular investigation. Because that's tied to the judgment stat. I wanted that. That's what I wanted to verify by looking at the rules. Was like the judgment stat is for the pierce the veil move. Yeah, that means you have the ability to like read into the supernatural, and it's not a generic investigation move. That's what I wanted clarity on. I think I'm cool leaving that as at a negative one. Okay, uh, is where I'm going with this. If this game doesn't have a regular investigation move then it's not designed around, like, looking into non-supernatural occurrences. So if there's anything not supernatural going on, then it's kind of my impression here that you're just going to be told about that, which mm -hmm. is good. Uh, so I think it would be better to giving ourselves plus two awe. Since we're supposed to be a talking cat, that seems like the best use of, of that plus one. Yeah, I would agree. Very well. Okay. So, R2 plus 2? Yep. And everything else stays the same. So yeah, we got 0, 0, 002 minus 1 plus 2. That's that's correct. Alright, what's next? Choosing gift. Yes. And our gifts are, we get to choose three gifts. Animal form, uh, parentheses, harmless. We are the animal form. It is not harmless. We, we do whatever harm we want. Thank you very much. <laughs> but let's see. Okay, so here's here the list 
is in its entirety animal form epic armor epic steed epic weapon magic resistance mimicry prestidigitation puzzle device or silver tongue Mm. i think we need to take silver tongue yes i would agree i think we need to take mimicry okay what do you like for the third one that is the question i wonder what this game's rule of prestidigitation um remind me of what that prestidigitation uh in D D is like you create you can create like faint smells or different like weird effects around you it's kind of like uh... how in my mind for the trickster it'd kind of be how like loki can like conjure up a new suit for himself or you know oh we've got a specific move for that it's called hashtag outfit of the day i saw that <laughs> can't wait to get to that but Let's see. The book defines prestidigitation as... Here we go. The character knows all sorts of sleight-of-hand moves and close-up magic tricks. The difference is they are literally using magic when they make the coin jump from one hand to the other hand. It's basically the the same as, like, Dungeons & Dragons, prestidigitation. It describes any minor, like, party trick special effect magic. (laughs) Yes. And I like that a lot, especially for a cat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, let's do because it. I think I feel like a cat could get a lot of use out of that, like a lot of <laughs> use. Agreed. So mimicry, prestidigitation, and silver tongue. Yes. Oh my god, I spelled that the first try. Nice. Now we ch- choose our moves, and then we can move on. We get to choose three moves. We got to choose incredibly carefully. Yeah, I. I know we talked about Outfit of the Day a minute ago. I don't think we can take Outfit of the Day because it's the idea is you're always styled and dressed the way you want to be. Your hair, makeup, and clothes morph to be perfect for the given occasion. Casual or formal is up to you. If you try to mimic a recognizable uniform or outfit, it will look mostly convincing, but always be slightly off in some small detail. But if we have mimicry, you may use this ability to resemble a specific person and their outfit. (laughs) Damn. <laughs> the problem is we're a cat. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> we can't really uh, mimic a person. I think there's a slight size difference there. Unless this game has goblins in it, I don't think we're going to be using that. Well, we get to pick the setting according to earlier in the chapter. Choosing a setting. When picking a setting for the game, choose a city familiar to everyone at the table. Demigods is about overlaying the familiar with a veil of the fantastic, so it's best to start with a place you all know well. Okay, it really is kind of a Percy Jackson situation. Yes, with it being like the veil, aka Percy Jackson's The Mist. Yeah. We can, I think we'll have to skip Outfit of the Day. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Fake news. When telling half-truths or outright, outright, outright lies, take a plus one to sway someone. If you have silver tongue, roll with fate's favor instead of the plus one. Hmm. I'm I'm guessing that's like an advantage roll. It looks like it under attributes. See how it has the symbol with favor and disfavor. Yeah. Assuming that's what that is. Sorry, audience. We haven't read the entire book. I've just looked at most of it. Yeah. And Austin literally just just opened it for the first time earlier today. As I do with most of these. As I do with most of these, too. Yeah, there have been very few I think we've taken, like, a good look at beforehand. And honestly, I think it's better that way, but sometimes we like the book. Yeah, sometimes we get the book and we're just like, ah, consume content. (laughs) Um, Which is also as it should be. 
Yes. Let's see. I I like that one. I feel like we can keep, put a pin on that one. And yep. Uh, next yep. up, though, we have Larceny. <laughs> Take plus one when rolling. Perform under pressure to sneak, pick locks, or generally get away with something you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> Gifted. If you have prestidigitation, roll with weird instead of the plus one. We Ooh, have to. That's so good for us too, because <laughs> we, we have have to. Yeah, we have. How many cats are we gonna make steal, Joel? We've already chosen the trickster class. We have, yeah. <laughs> okay, do we want to go with larceny then? Like for sure. Yeah, like we have. I feel like we have to. We have. To- if we're gonna be a trickster, we have to give this cat the ability to do crimes. Absolutely. Let's see. The next move is location, location, location. Perform a small ritual to travel instantly. To any person or place you know, describe the ritual such as drinking tea, three running strides, clicking your heels together, or something along those lines. Let's let's put a pin in that one. I'm not sh- I'm not sure I'm in love with it, but w- there might not be something better. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of teleportation. Want to do the honor with the next one? Yeah, sure. Nothing to see here. When leaving the scene of your own hijinks, people don't notice you. You're not invisible, but everyone seems to have bigger things on their minds. <laughs> Gifted, if you are in animal form, take a souvenir with you. Its usefulness will be clear later. We God, that's good. Form. Wow, true, but if your DM's cool, if your GM is cool, they might let you use the gifted aspect on this. You might be able to pick up more gifts later. I haven't looked at advancements. Mm-hmm. All right. I like that one, but I don't think that's like a one hundred percent like we should. So let's actually put a... I just look at the advancements, and you absolutely cannot get enough another gift. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh wait, well... no, no, no. You get one more gift, but and it can be from any playbook. Ooh. All right, we'll we'll put a pin in this one because I do want to see the other options too. Yeah, yep. Yeah. This uh... next one is beefy though. Oh, you mean this gate key? You're able to produce a small object which is useful in the immediate situation, but is not 100% correct and works only once. For instance, a key which opens the door but jams the lock, an ID badge that works if you don't look too closely, or a swipe card that goes blank after one use. And here, there's a gifted thing for this. If you have the puzzle box, the object works perfectly the first time, no glitches. The object then can be used two more times after that, but no promises on the result roll perform under pressure to use it again we do not have puzzle device so i like that one as well it's funny it's funny (laughs) oh you mean this gun where'd you get that (laughs) don't ask questions (laughs) here i can't wield this yeah just slides it across the table (laughs) okay (laughs) we'll look at that one again in a second uh yeah Next up is takes one to no one. Roll weird instead of judgment to pierce the veil with a person. Again, that one kind of has like utilitarian purpose yeah. to it. It, it. it is nice uh, that we have a couple moves that allow us to use our weird stat, especially for judgment, since judgment sucks. It's our worst stat. <laughs> which we opted not to fix. Although, if we did fix Judgment, it would be a tie between it, Prowess, and Metal for our worst stat. Yeah. (laughs) Let's see. The hard way. When you present a course of action to your weave, you don't need to roll Sway someone. Each member can choose to take one harm, ignore armor, and receive plus one ongoing while pursuing your plan. 
that harm can't be healed until you sleep, which also ends the plus one ongoing. So I don't see the benefit of that. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, it it is nice knowing. I get. I guess it's nice being able to just like get a plus one to rolls ongoing when you follow this guy's plan. It's a nice benefit to the rest of the party, but it also sucks that they they lose one health because of it until either the plan is completed or until they take a long rest, in which case the effect wears off anyway. Yeah. Okay, what's the spindle thing? If you present your course of action at the spindle, you can choose to take two harm, ignore armor, to provide the plus one ongoing. This is in place of the one harm each member would take. So it gets worse. <laughs> No, I think it means you take two harm instead oh, of everybody. Oh, you take two harm instead of everyone else. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's better, actually. Interesting. Okay. I, I don't know if I like that as much as the other ones we have, though. Like nah, our other let's options. keep looking. Okay, our last option here is, what's that over there? You may use awe instead of prowess to smite your enemies, but you can't choose exchange harm if you do. Which is one of the boons on the smite your en enemies move. Gotcha. I'm not sure how useful that would be. Well, Awe is a plus two, Prowess is a plus zero, so it has some utilitarian purpose. It just limits our options a little bit. Yeah. Our Awe is a plus one. No, wait, no. No, it should be a plus two. I thought we no, gave yeah, it the... No, yeah, uh... you're right, you're right. Yeah, it's plus two. I forgot that's the one we bumped up. Yep. We know we, we, know we want Larceny. Yes. We put a pin in fake news, location, 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 and nothing, nothing to see here. And I think takes one to no one. No. Oh, you mean this gate key. Oh, yeah. Oh, you mean this gate key. So that's, that's what, three, four extra moves. We can choose two of them. Yeah. I, I really like, I oh, you mean this gate key. Yeah, me it's too. It's so fun. <laughs> I, it, yeah, it's great. It's... Just imagining a cat being like, oh, I have a, I have a key card right here. It's like, where every time it's, where'd you get that? Don't worry about it. <laughs> also you give it back to the cat oh i i dropped it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i'm not excited about location 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 i'm not either I think, I think we can rule it out entirely let's go with nothing to see here or fake news okay. fake news i feel like would be like the optimal like this is how we can take advantage of the fact that our cat talks yeah but nothing to see here even though we don't have the uh, bonus uh, souvenir, it's still pretty funny. It is still pretty funny. I like it a lot. Um, I don't know. My vo my vote is for fake news specific simply because we've given we've already decided the cat can talk so that it can use its silver tongue gift. Yeah, and this would this would make great use of silver tongue. But I I agree. I think we it's because it's something we know that we can use the gift for. And we don't have our other two, like, we can't use the gift for it. Right. No, 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 Larceny we can use the gift for. But either way, I think fake news is the better option here. Because while nothing to see here is could be fun, I feel like we're, we're getting a lot of fun use out of, uh, what's it called? You know. The oh, Larceny. Larceny. Or, oh, you mean this gate key? Yeah, oh, you mean this gate key. Yeah, that's pretty good. And besides that, like, players, if you play this character... You literally only have to level them up twice in order to get both the animal form gift and nothing to see here. Yeah. Because, like, you can choose a new gift from any playbook, including your own, I think. Like, if it says specifically it has to be from a different playbook, then 
That's one thing. But it says any playbook. So you could just choose the animal form from this playbook as a gift. And then when you take another move from your playbook, then you can just take nothing to see here. And that's like you you can level up this cat to get the things that we ruled out. But oh, yeah, easy peasy is that. Um, and that's that's it for filling out the playbook. Yeah. Now we need to move on to the next step. Uh, let's see. Consent is divine. Parent and pantheon. That's that's more about like th those are our caveats to the next step, which is build a backstory. A player character's backstory is arguably the most important part of starting a demigods game. It tells us who they are, where they came from, and what challenges they might face in the game. There are several backstory questions on your playbook. Use them for some keywords and uh, cues, but you may want to write something up in another document if you have a lot of ideas about where your player character comes from. So, step one, obviously, name. This is the most important part, of, obviously. Yes. We, it is time to name the cat and choose choose its pronouns. Okay. So, so we have uh, a list of names. Yes. Are we are we going with the uh, the Tales of Zadia name uh, list again, or we? Could, but I feel like we could we could make something up based on these these styles too that we have to list. I don't know if we've mentioned True. the styles, have we? I don't know. We have a a meme here that I found on Tumblr labeled "How Cat Owners Name Their Pets." The style one is regular person. Uh, style two, food and drink. Style three, musical reference. Style four, mythology and folklore. Style five, animal encrypted. Style 6, historical reference. Style 7, literature reference. Style 8, astronomy reference. Style 9, nerd culture reference. Uh, and that's that's the styles. That's how that's how regular people name their cats. It's true. My cat is a nerd style reference. <laughs> My cat doesn't exist, so it's not been named. I can't believe that you asked me to start a podcast about making cats an RPG. And you do not even have a cat. What can I say? To be fair... I just thought it was funny. <laughs> it makes sense. You've got the RPGs. I've got the cat. It, Together we, we can work. make it work. <laughs> we make the dynamic duo of making cats and RPGs. <laughs> Here's the thing. I think that we should go with the Tales of Zadia list. I think it's time to use Penzi. You think it's time Who to use Penzi? Because she Penzi knows what she knows did. What she did. Absolutely, we can go with Penzi. I like it. I still want to know what Penzi did. Please. No one has come forward to tell us what Penzi did. Yeah. If you know, please, if you know what Penzi did, I gotta know. Anyway, I think I think it's time to use Penzi. I agree. We got Penzi, she, her pronouns, obvs, because she knows what she did. Yep. Divine parents, uh, let's see, who is a parent that would not be weird if they had a daughter with a cat? Mm, I mean, to be fair, Zeus was known for, you know, getting it on with more than humans. And so did Loki, actually. <laughs> I mean, Loki is a shapeshift. I guess Zeus is a shapeshifter. Yeah. Can't all gods shapeshift? Or no? I think most can. But, like, Zeus would just appear in any form that was necessary. Loki is, like, canonically gender-fluid within his own, like, religion, so... Yeah. 
literally can transform into a woman. But that so we could technically just argue that any god could do it. Yeah. I do have a list of Egyptian cat deities. Oh. So we all know Bast. Classic. Uh, then there's Sekhmet. We have Maftit, who is technically a cheetah. Let's see, we have cat gods from Babylon. Nergal. Nergal is the god of destruction, war, and death. Um, then we have Indian cat deities, Dawan from Hindu, who is technically a avatar of Parvati. And Parvati, one moment, I gotta look up who that is. Um, I looked up shape-shifting gods. Oh, that would also be helpful. So, let's see. Human turning into animal. We got Animagus, Berserker. Oh, no, wait, no. Shape-shifting. Let's see. Uh, Parvati is the wife of Shiva, the god of destruction. Um, uh, goddess of power, energy, nourishment, harmony, love, beauty, and devotion. Hmm. And motherhood. So... The motherhood god could give birth to a cat, I guess. Then we got all kinds of uh, Japanese cat gods. Let's see, there's... I'm not, I'm not sure that's actually a cat god. Let's see, Proteus was noted among the gods for his shapeshift. And, my lord, images of Proteus. Who's Proteus? I would like to know. That's just... Uh... I'm looking this up. In Greek mythology, the prophetic old man of the sea and shepherd of the sea's flocks feels... He was subject to the sea god of Poseidon, and his dwelling place was either the island of Pharos, near the mouth of the Nile River, or the island of Carpathus, or Car- Carpathus between Crete and Rhodes. You want to make our cat's father a sea god. Mm. Okay, I found the thing, and it's the god that Homer calls the old man of the sea. Ah, uh, yep, I see that now. Hmm. Maybe not, then. Although, I think it would be funny if we had a sea god be... <laughs> be the father of a cat who is a trickster because he's like because she's like man my dad is really out here <laughs> that that's that's the ironic twist the thing that makes pinzi a trickster i if you want to go with that we can go with we that. we do not have to go with that we could use one of the multitude of cat gods that are right. out there i do like the idea of uh of parvati parvati okay yeah like like i said uh, Hindu goddess of power, energy, harmony, love, beauty, motherhood. Okay. I like that. Do it. Far. All right. And then Pantheon. I think there is a section on Pantheons. Here we go. What is a Pantheon? We're originally referred to the temple that worshipped the Roman gods, but it has since expanded in usage to mean families of deities. Pantheons and demigods uh, describe a collection of divine beings grouped by a shared belief system or spirituality that a significant number of mortals believe in. Oh, so it would just be, like, Hindu. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, let's see, they have the Science Pantheon. The Media oh. Pantheon. Wait, uh, where, where are you finding this list? I, I, I lost. This I is on again. book page, or PDF page third. No. Oh, this is on Creating Pantheon. Um, page 20 in the book, page 24 on the PDF. Okay, I found it. So Science, Media, are those the only two? I guess so. That's what it gives us. Um, All right. So I guess, I guess the idea that then is that we we like they give us examples of things that we can use as abstract concepts, but we are using a literal god from an actual religion. So we could just say it's from the pantheon of the Hindu gods. Okay. Yeah. That's. I think that's kind of what. Yeah. 
Yeah, because it gives you it gives examples of all the playbooks for both of these pantheons in here. So. Yeah. Then we have to choose our spindle. I believe that's the next part of the uh, characterization process. Yep, parent and pantheon, build backstory, pantheon feels more alive. Oh no, we gotta do look. So we got name, pronouns, look, divine guidance, pantheon, how they feel about it, mortal life. That's that's all the backstory stuff. Yeah. So then we would, after, after that, we would get into spindle, what is it, why you cared. Gotcha. Which is weird, because they're listed in the opposite order on the uh, the playbook, but... Yeah. Anyway, let, let's get into that. Look, how do we describe this cat? That is a good question. No, wait a minute. Let me pull up that article I was looking at before, because I think it actually gave an example of a cat that it thinks was tied to uh, this. The Toyger. Toyger. Yes. And the Toyger is a... A cat breed. It is a breed of domestic cat. The results of breeding uh, domestic short-haired tabbies to make them resemble a toy tiger. Yep, I'm looking at it now. These are cool. Yeah. So it's basically just a tabby cat with tiger stripes. Mm, I like that. Yeah. I, I didn't even know this cat breed of cat existed. I mean, technically it's just a tabby, it sounds like, but... Yeah. But they made it stripy. So anyway, that kind of gives us our look where we are a... It looked like they were kind of skinny uh, cats with long, lanky kind of legs and tiger stripes. And that's our look. Okay. See, see, I'm glad that we've gone the, the direction of making this cat a girl now, because, like, the more that we decide about it, the more I can't stop myself from picturing this cat singing the, that song from the beginning of The Last Witch. Yeah? <laughs> I still gotta see that movie. Oh, you, you haven't yet? No. Oh, man. if it's still in theater. I am finally going to go see Cocaine Bear. Oh, that'll be fun. Praying to God. I have not seen it yet, so I I can't say anything about it, but... Yeah. If it's not in theaters, I'm going to try to convince my friend that I'm going to the movies with to go see John Wick Chapter (laughs) 4. Although, I don't know if they've seen any of the John Wick movies. I mean, I haven't either. Uh, I (sighs) need to, I know. They're so good. I'll get there. I watched all of them for the first time back in January. Literally watched them all within a week. And I was like, damn, those are good. And then somebody was talking about it and they're like, oh yeah, John Wick 4 is coming out in like two months. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, no way. But anyway, so we have our our look, kind of. Yes. Uh, we need our informed by, which I think is the divine guidance. Yep. Some children were aware of their divine parent growing up, possibly through visits to impart wisdom and guidance. Many others discover their differences on the playground or in stressful situations. Uh, some may find out quite late in life or those in rare cases where an adult is adopted into a pantheon. Either way, choose whether they have a supernatural contact checking in on them or if they've mostly been on their own until now. Well, here's the thing. I think if the motherhood god is the biological mother of this cat, it would be unlikely that it would that she'd just leave it alone. Yeah, I feel like she makes some regular check-in. Hey, how's your powers going? You know, anything weird? Yeah. Just so you know, at this point in your life, your powers may start to act. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think this cat had 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 a guiding hand growing up, and and maybe maybe now that she's a year old and an adult, she is (laughs) rebelling. Yes, she's going through her rebellious phase. 
Absolutely. And also because she's what she's one year old, which is what like an adult in cat an adult in cat years at least. Basically, like the that, equivalent of like an eighteen year old in human years. That, yeah, that's like um, a teenager in cat years. One year old. That's where they're like, man, I'm I'm the shit. You know, I can walk around and do whatever. Yeah, plus she's learned she has the power of talking and cat. Exactly. So, Kenzie had a guiding hand in Parvati and was checked on regularly. Currently going through a rebellious phase. Rebellious phase in order to figure out her powers on her own. I do also like the idea of, like, this cat being functionally immortal. And so, so like, <laughs> even though she's currently going through, like, a normal cat life cycle... Like she will reach the end of it and just be like, "Oh, time for life too." <laughs> yeah, time for time for my second life. I don't mind. Pantheon feels. Are we ready for that? Uh, yes. So tell us how your character feels about their pantheon. So unless they do something truly terrible, think about all the stuff our myths and le- legends get up to without being banished. Their pantheon will eagerly keep working with them. The character's feelings on this point are more important, though. If the character becomes unhappy with their pantheon. They may be offered a space in another pantheon with cushy benefits like dignity and respect. I'm not sure our cat actually has an issue with her pantheon. She's just, you know, wanting to see what all is out there. Yeah. So, like, very in tune with the pantheon, but taking a moment of respite, you know? Or, like, a moment of distance, you know? Somewhat distancing herself so that she can see what, so that she can see the rest of the world. Lindsay is perhaps the way to happy with her pantheon once takes him to see the world and sorry what was your wording on that i don't know i th- I, I can't remember it was like explore options or something i think it was just like she needs she wants the ability to experience the rest of the world like what amish people when they turn 18 when they become adults they go out and explore right. the world and then make their decision right just like that except this is like some a little different, maybe. Because she's not choosing a religion, she's choosing who worships her. Mortal parent. This would be about, like, uh, what are their mortal com- What are their mortal commitments to their parents' work? Did they learn a trade of some kind? Are their siblings raising chi- children? Do they have kids of their own? Whether they have a big, close-knit family or a more spread-out modern family or anything in between. I mean, we're a cat. Yeah, it. <laughs> man, that's really tough to think about. Um, it's like, did Penzi get adopted, like, by a human family, or is, like, is You know, I think with... it would make sense if, like, a god had cat children, that, like, she wouldn't leave them to be strays or necessarily left in the care of a, of a cat parent, because cat parents are, like, they'll, they'll help you get through the first few months, and then you're kind of on your own. Yeah. Not that they're not social animals or that they're not around, but they're kind of done after a certain point once they've taught you everything that you need to know. Yeah. Which doesn't really work when a cat is as intelligent as a human and functionally immortal. So, I I don't know. I think it would make sense for this cat to, for like, maybe she has a bunch of other demigod cat siblings, but they've all been adopted out to different families and don't necessarily know about each other. I like that. Yeah, because cat, cause cat litters can be, what, 10, 10 cats, something like that? Yeah, I think they're usually lower. I've never actually seen a cat litter, so... I've seen one down to, like, 
three. Average cat litter is four kittens, but this can oh, range. Okay. This can range from one to twelve. Okay, so maybe she has like four siblings she doesn't know about. Okay, <laughs> has lived a a decent cushy life with with a loving family. Then one day discovers that she can talk in in the human tongue, and apparently that's not normal. Okay, wait, indeed. So I think that's our mortal life situation. Now we can get on to the spindle. Spindle. Specify the spindle. Typically, demigods work alone. Demigods shouldn't live together or work in groups for the same reason gods shouldn't visit often for or for very long. Their collective pull on fate warps reality around them and risks all manner of havoc. This is also why gods want their progeny active among the mortals. Demigods are not as powerful as gods and can be on the mortal plane without risk of accidentally raining toads on the freeway at rush hour. Or so it's always been. For the first time in living memory, your group can work and be together without breaking the world. The spindle makes this possible. Your group saved the spindle during the binding, see below. And because this place was so important to all of you, you were willing to risk your lives to save it. This That devotion imbued the spindle with the right kind of power on the mortal plane to focus and support the combined energies of a group of demigods. This... This could be like, like the Camp Half-Blood situation, kinda. Yeah. But... It also sounds like a group thing, now that I'm looking at it. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a group thing. It's like, because it mentions what, that's something that is, your group saved the spin. Yeah. Yeah. And because its place was so important to all of you, I think that might be something we have to leave up to the players. Yeah. Or we could just say it's a Waffle House. <laughs> we can, uh... That again, Waffle House doesn't need saving. Waffle House is doing fine. Yeah, Waffle House is a-okay. They will be around after the world ends. That's true. The last surviving building on planet Earth will be a Waffle House. Mark my words, God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, that that's something I think we gotta leave up to the players, which means we are done? I believe so. Yeah, if the whole spindle deal is a, a table-wide discussion... As are Tangles, it looks like. Yes. Then, and I don't know if we read the Tangles. The Tangles is basically, like, a lot of games, especially Powered by the Apocalypse games, have, like, templates for this is your relationship to these other characters in the party. Like, Blank caught you in a lie one time and earned your respect. Or, you and Blank pulled a hellish prank that one time. Will it come back to bite you? Those are ones from the Trickster playbook. It sounds like stuff that you create, either throughout the story or as some backstory with your fellow players yeah it and the spindle are a, a thing that i think the entire party is supposed to work together to create mm -hmm. so we we will have to leave that up to the fine people at home when you guys get demigods wait, i i don't know if it's going to be available to purchase by time like this episode comes out i'm gonna have to ask the the uh developer i've already forgotten his name jason mills yeah, that's the guy. I'll have to ask him on uh, through the Kickstarter thing if, like, there might be an announcement or something that I missed as well that explains, like, when the book will go public for everyone. But if it's not out by time this episode is, it's coming soon, and y'all should be excited, because, like, I was excited about this when I first heard about it back, back whenever it was announced, which was, it was a while ago at this point. Mm-hmm. It sounds very cool. I I am definitely I'm actually gonna... going to the Kickstarter page right now to see if I can figure out when when it started. Uh, 2019. No, that was when it was uh sent. 
That was when the survey was sent. I'm trying to find the. This may have been made back in. This may have been like planned back in 2018. Nope. It was July 2019. Actually, it's this campaign started on my birthday in 2019. It was it was destined by the gods, Joel. You were meant to play so. this game. We were meant to do this. Everything aligned perfectly so that the episode would come out on this or not so that the book would come out just in time for this specific episode recording. <laughs> so so that you could hear about it. One month after the Kickstarter backers got the PDF to the game, which, again, hopefully by this point, it's either out or very close to being out. So you should keep an eye on, what's the website called? DemigodsPBTA.com? Yeah, that's the, that's the website. Like, keep an eye out there or follow uh, Jason Mills on Twitter. Um, what's his what's his ad again? I'm looking it up right now. It's probably okay. That's it. Yep, it's probably okay. Yep, it's probably okay is Jason Mills. And that's okay is, like, the, the abbreviation, not O-K-A-Y. That's someone else. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's the game. That's the, the character creation, anyway. Mm-hmm. It is pretty, it, it's pretty cool. Like, I think I had reason to be excited about it back in the, the old, the before times. The before times. <laughs> yeah, true. So it's been a long time coming, but it's it's here now, and I should try and find people to play it probably. But you can, if you guys get a party together, someone can play as a cat because why not? Who wouldn't want to play as a a silver tongued cat who can just pull things out of their pocket at will? You can say things out of pocket and pull things out of your pocket whenever you want. It can, yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, hey, look at this gun I found, and then pull out an anti-air tank, or an anti-aircraft gun. No, so it has I, to be a small... Small, you, you yeah. Have to be, it has to be a small object, which is immediate, immediately useful. Depending on your size, I would say a rocket launcher is small enough, and could be immediately useful in multiple scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I feel like we should add, like... I hate to just say a cape to our cat because we are already dangerously close to a Puss in Boots situation here. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like our cat needs something that they can just like reach into and pull out random stuff. Ooh, what could a cat wear that it could like reach into? Because like it's not going to be walking out all fours, so the cape is always going to be like hanging off to one side. Well, at first, I think it will be walking on all fours. I feel like if you want to become more of a Puss in Boots situation over time, that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think that we can necessarily just start that way. I think you could easily become that within the rules of the game with the remaining moves and possible gifts. Yeah. I, th- I think we could give Penzi a cape. I think we could give her a cape. Okay. Yeah, and you just re- she just reaches under the cape, pulls out whatever small item someone else in the party needs i also love that it only works once like oh yeah i've got a skeleton key right here this will unlock any door unlocks one door and breaks (laughs) like hey i said it could unlock any door i didn't say it could unlock any doors (laughs) (laughs) yeah penzi is going (laughs) penzi would be a very fun character to play i think i yes i believe so (laughs) We did a good, we did a good job with this one. 
I think so too. I, I feel like we do a good job with a lot of these. There, I don't think there's a single character that we have made or single cat that we have made that I would not play. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, I love it. Penzi though, literal agents of chaos. Yes, Penzi knows what she did, and she knows what she will do. Yeah. So anyway, I think I think that's everything. Would you like to tell us where people can find you? Uh, yeah, you uh can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Twitch and TikTok. Wow, a lot of T sites, huh? Um, yeah. At Avalon Alchemist, I have been streaming a crap load recently, so much so that I think I have like. 50 hours in the last like a month as of this recording yeah it's it has been a lot (laughs) i'm currently hold on i can get it for you in the past month i've streamed for (laughs) 55 hours and 33 minutes that's a long time i i mean i've literally been doing nothing but that (laughs) i get home and almost every day I'm like, ah, I'm not doing anything else. I might as well stream. <laughs> so come. I mean, if, if, if it works. It, it does work. Also, the SMP that I mentioned last episode has started already. So by the time you're hearing this, it will have been at least a month in. Currently, as of this recording... We still have starter bases and everything, so nothing like insane is in the works yet. But we'll get there. So come check <laughs> that out. There's lots of people on this server, all very good people, and I very much enjoy streaming this. It is it has been a, a wild ride every time I hop on that server. <laughs> I have not been up to anything really. I don't think. Yeah, no. In fact, I just had one secret behind the scenes thing potentially taken off my plate so it will continue to remain secret and behind the scenes for now i actually i can't say for sure like we we, there's more to talk about but like some hiccups have come up anyway you can find me other than that thing that you didn't even know about before other than that you can find me in the parking lot ready to fight no i'm kidding um (laughs) you can find me in the parking lot of any waffle house equipped with a sword and a dream (laughs) yep all Waffle Houses are the same Waffle House. So if you go in one and you find me there, it's because Destiny wanted you to. True. But in all seriousness, you can find me online at any website listed on the website jholland.start.page. There you will find my Twitter, Twitch, although I'm not streaming anymore, my Tumblr. I'm on Tumblr a lot. That's where you will most likely find me. I check Twitter every once in a while to see if it's still up, and every time, to my dismay, it is. (laughs) The show, though, is on Twitter a lot more. I guess, in all honesty, I'm on literal CatPod's Twitter more these days than I am on mine. Because, I mean, I don't have as much going on, but literal CatPod has a lot going on. Oh, yeah. Twice a month, it has something going on. Actually, next month, it's going to be three times, but who's counting? I say next month. Let's see, next month is April. Yeah, for us. So by time you but no, for the yeah, viewers, no, by time you hear this, it will still be next no- month. Cool. Yeah, May will have three episodes, so that that's going to be interesting. Not any challenge for us because it's still going to be like on our bi-weekly recording and release schedule. The graphics. I'm going to have to pull out the the graphic I made one for one specific month that had three episodes in it and update it for 
the social medias. But yeah, Literal Cat Pod on Twitter and Tumblr, actually. And co-host, but I'm never on co-host anymore. It I, I really wanted co-host to be cool, but it's basically just Tumblr with some slightly different features and less users. <laughs> I mean, it could still become something, but I, I for right now, I'm not really using it uh, personally or for the podcast. So your best bet is either Twitter or Tumblr where you can ask us anything. However, for the podcast, Literal Cat Pod also has a Gmail account where I'm begging you, please, as of right now, we still have not received any cat pictures. Have we, we, have we really not? No, there has not been a single cat picture in our Gmail's inbox, aside from that one guest who sent them as part of a bit on the episode. Hmm. It, it's honestly concerning at this point. Are you guys okay? Yeah. Do you guys even have cats? Yeah. If you have cats, you have to prove it to us. Yeah. Proof of cat, please. Yes. We need to know that your cats are alive and listening to the podcast. Yeah. Cat headphones on how to how to play a literal cat in your favorite RPG. Mm-hmm. On the audio device that is currently playing. <laughs> yes. So yeah, Literal Cat Pod, Twitter, Tumblr, and Gmail. You can, of course, download us off of any podcast player. Uh, if you go to bit.ly forward slash Literal Cat Pod, you will find a Dropbox folder full of every single episode's character sheets. That's bit.ly slash Literal Cat Pod, all lowercase. Oh yeah, it would be really nice if you could rate and review us on your listening service. True. If you don't have the ability to do that, if you want to Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, those are two great places to leave reviews. It it really helps uh, push the, the show within the algorithm, even if you just hit like a thumbs up or the five star button, because I mean, y- y'all know we're worth five stars. Yeah, come on. We're providing an incredibly valuable service here. But But anyway, that would be nice. Some cat pictures would be nice. Is there anything else that we need for the show that would be kind of nice? It's the end of April when people are listening to this. Do you think it's time to announce formally what we're going to be doing in June? Or Yes, because if we don't announce it now, I feel like we might miss it and it'll be too late. It will, yeah, it will be kind of hard to, like... Build up hype. I mean, we could, so... yeah, like, we have three episodes in May, which will be fine, but we will need to start recruiting guests for this event at this point. Yes, so I, I think we can tell him, Joel. Yeah, let's tell him. So the months of, what is it, June, July, and June. August. Yep, the entirety of summer. The entirety of summer, we are hosting, drumroll please. I'm not actually going to hit my desk. Joel, that's when, you, that's when you hit him with the title. Oh, oh, that's me. Cool. Uh, yeah, we're hosting <laughs> an event called Anime Summer Season. Yeah, we are going to be playing some, what, anime-inspired, anime-based RPGs, question mark? Yes, that is correct. I've done the math. We've got six episodes in the summer, and I found six games for the occasion. We've got Made, the RPG. We've got Kamigakari. We've got Manga D20, Big Eyes, Small Mouth, The World Summons Too Many Heroes, and what was the last one? Oh yeah, the officially licensed Konosuba RPG. We've got six picked out. I don't know for sure that those are the ones that we're going to use, but like, if we don't find any others, that's it. That's that's our list. 
Those are our options. Yeah. We are going to be asking for guests to appear in at least three of those. It would be kind of cool to get some cool people who know the RPGs and also like the animes and stuff like we do to come on and talk about these games that we're, we're going to be making our characters in and all that. Yes. It is always nice to have on guests to give us, you know, a better idea of what we're doing or just to help with creation. It, it's always nice to get some other, some outside insight. Anyway. So yeah, that's something to look forward to. It, starting in June, we're going to be just playing anime games straight all through the summer, all the way up until the end of August. And then in September, we'll go back to your normally scheduled, randomly picked game. I am so excited for anime season. It should be fun. I, I hope everybody else is as, is as excited as I am. But I, I, know, I know it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, same here. I think... I don't think there's anything else, so we could go ahead and close this one out if you got a cat pun. Cat pun, cat schmun. But you know what's fun... I don't, I don't, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> um, I, I've got it. I've got it. You've got it? <gasps> oh my yeah. God. The ever so rare Joel cat pun. No, no, I'm just going to finish your rhyme. Okay. So the last line was, but you know, it's fun. Yes. But you right? know, it's fun. Okay. So final line playing as Peter, the Kaiju reader with the cat gun. Nice. There we go. <laughs> Way to finish it off, Joel. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Uh, I, I don't want to snap because I, I can't, but. <laughs> I, I feel like I earned it. <laughs> you did. You did. That was a group um, effort. Let's give Austin some too. If you're snapping, of course you're snapping. Yeah. Why wouldn't you be? You're on a you're on a bus, a plane. You're snapping right now. Obviously, your hands are not on the wheel. Let's be honest. <laughs> they should be if you're driving. Yeah. If you're driving, pl please, please be safe. <laughs> um. But yeah. But I otherwise, think, I think that wraps it up. Yeah. So I'll see y'all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.